Welcome to Minding My Business. I'm Greg. I own and operate a group of cafes called Goodness Gracious in Auckland, New Zealand. I started this podcast to document my journey as I look to operate and grow the business. It's as much a personal reference as it is for others who might find some value in my experiences and viewpoints. So if that's what you've come here for, I hope you enjoy it. Hey podcast, um, today I thought I'd give a little bit of a summary of the state of play in terms of the environment that we're currently operating in. Um, you know, I guess for you know what's on most people's minds at the moment is um, the likelihood of a recession or market downturn. Um, and I've been calling of this, you know, really halfway through last year, it was something that I you know, believe that I could see that was on the cards. Um, I'd had meetings with uh, the staff, um, you know, alluding to this and really kind of, I guess, intimating that this was something that I saw that was on the horizon and that's how I would be, you know, operating the business was with this in mind. Um, you know, I guess anecdotally there were things that were kind of pointing towards this. I could see... Um, customers being a bit more frugal at the at the counter, um, kind of in a in a way that they really hadn't been since we opened the business, um, and that to me is you know quite a um, obvious sign that uh, something is not quite right in the market in terms of people feeling um, buoyant or you know that they have that kind of abundance of discretionary spending. Um, you know, and I guess, you know, I'm not really any great economist, but from kind of, I guess, life experience and, and paying attention to things that have been going on around, I, I do know that, um, these things tend to be very cyclical and, uh, they, from my understanding, they seem to happen every seven to 10 years. Uh, I know that, um, you know, I'd lived through the 2008, um, GFC and I know what kind of impact that had on the on the local market and and the world market and what that's uh, the impact that it had on people's households and um, jobs and you know it was it was a difficult time to navigate for many people um, and so with that experience I know that if we're to go through something similar that it will be a tricky time um, you know, and I know that from past times in the 90s, there'd been um, downturns. I, you know, I remember quite vividly um, my dad and mum having quite heated, I guess, constructive uh, discussions about um, the household. And that was because my dad's employment was uh, at risk a couple of times with... Um, restructures and things of that nature and and they were all brought about by by market downturns so you know through life experience there's been a few things that I've that I've seen that um, that I can draw on that I understand that um, you know if there is a downturn then they are they are certainly tricky periods to work through and everything that I've been doing with our business in the last uh, year has been kind of with that in mind um, you know, and I guess you couple that with what's going on locally um, in New Zealand and if not Auckland and 
we've um, you know got minimum wage increases which have been um, staggered year on year. I think there's for memory another another two to go. Um, and whilst I, I I definitely don't agree, uh, don't disagree. Sorry with um, the need for a living wage. Um, I'm not sure that that this is a hundred percent the answer. Um, you know, I guess from my view of operating a business, I, I kind of see um, these increases as a little bit of a, a false economy. Um, you know, there, there are other things, obviously, uh, petrol increases and, and other costs, you know, to the consumer. And so, you know, being a business and have my suppliers uh, increase their pricing based on these wage costs and the impact that that's having um, to their bottom line and, and then things like petrol increases that's getting passed on to myself and our business um, and then you know there's only so long that we can kind of hold those increases and eventually like most businesses they're going to end up passing those on to the customer so whilst you know there seems like the wages are increasing um, you know, I would argue that people's cost to live is also increasing. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the answer is here. Um, these are just things that I see um, with living with them. I mean, myself, I, I try to pay um, a very competitive rate and um, across the board, we're, we're very close to the living wage for most people involved in our business. Um, you know, and it, and it is a hard thing to sustain, but at the same time, you know, to, in order to retain staff, it's, it is needed. Um, and it is also, you know, it is also difficult for people to live day in and day out um, on the minimum wage. So, yeah, again, I'm not sure what the answers are here. Um, but they are, you know, contributing towards kind of a, a tricky period to navigate. Um, and then again, on the, lo in the local market, we have, you know, things like um, the CRL, which is our city rail loop um, works and disruptions, which um, are affecting the, the city and, um, you know, the, the way people can get around. And, and we also have... Um, you know, cycleway disruptions, and, and both of these things in the long term will add really great benefit to our city and probably, you know, really are long overdue. I mean, our city has been, for the most part, um, really hard to get around. Um, we've never had um, a history of great public transport. Um, it is a difficult city, just even with the um, geography and um, you know, layout of, of getting around. So all of these things have made or starting to make places more accessible and, and in the long run um, should lead to a better flow around the city and hopefully um, take some traffic off the road, um, which is adding a lot of congestion. And I, I know from experience of trying to get around and doing things in the day, it's 
it's not very efficient um, and it's really uneconomical. I, I don't know the figures, but I, you know, I'm sure the, the cost to our economy in, in terms of um, what this congestion is doing is, um, I, I would suggest, is quite ridiculous. Um, yeah, so all of those things are, you know, adding to a really kind of, yeah, I mean, I can't overuse that word tricky. Um, you know, it is a tricky time to be operating a business. Um, we're coming off the back of um, some really good times. And I think for, um, you know, the immediate and near future, we're, um, we're going to be, yeah, we're going to have some, some tricky things to be working the way through. Um, a part of me is a little bit excited by that. Um, it's, it is stressful because there's many mouths to, to feed, um, you know, I have my own family to, to look after and, and things like that and, and staff and, um, suppliers that are reliant on the success of your business as well. So, you know, it is, uh, there is a lot of pressure behind it, but, you know, I feel that, you know, in terms of business learnings, if you're able to work through work through these things and navigate them successfully then um, there's probably a, a, a lot of value to, to gain in these times um, and I also see it as you know probably you know a little bit needed for our industry uh, it is you know quite diluted and I would suggest that there's um, quite a few um, businesses that are that are operating by the skin of their teeth and you know, I guess in a, in a downturn, you get a little bit of a correction in the market where um, the stronger performing businesses will survive um, and the ones that aren't will fall by the wayside. And, you know, I don't want to sound, um, you know, that I don't care for these businesses and these people because that's, that's far from the truth. But um, in saying that, you know, the... If, I guess if you lose a little bit of the dilution, then um, you know the other things in terms of trade and in terms of staffing, and you know in, in theory they should um, become a little bit better. Um, you know, and I also, you know, there are some, I guess, some things to try and use to your advantage, and um, one of those would be obviously um, the internet and the effect that that's having um, in the industry and in the market. Um, and I'd say, you know, a huge part um, that it's having to play is, um, you know, a, a change in the dining culture to, um, to more convenience eating. Um, I don't think cafes are immune to what's going on, but I would say that the biggest effect that this has had has had in the... Um, you know, fine dining or higher end um, restaurant market, I would say, has seen the biggest effect of this first. Um, you know, the move towards um, convenience eating and, and Uber Eats and, and things of that nature, um, you know, I, I would say has had a, a huge toll uh, on these businesses. And, you know, in bad weather days, um, we see the effects of this. Um, and you know we're working through ways to to kind of counter this um you know i mean i guess there's a argument at the moment for 
um, the value in Uber Eats, and I would, um, you know, I would suggest that, um, you know, from an operator's standpoint, there isn't too much value. The um, the fees and costs are, are, are ridiculously high to the point that, um, you know, I, there is no margin in there as an operator, um, not that I can see. So, um, and from my understanding, most uh, operators that are using it are really involved um, because they believe that there's, I guess, some marketing leverage to being on that platform. Um, for me, the argument is, well, you know, I don't really believe that um, giving people the convenience of eating your food at home really inspires them to then um, come through the doors and experience uh, dining within your establishment. So I'm not so sure that the, the marketing argument stacks up. Um, you know, I guess, you know, a huge advantage, I guess, um, that I see with the internet at the moment is the democratization of information um, and the fact that I don't 100% believe that you need the role of um, media and editorials, not so much as what you needed maybe 10, 15 years ago. I think, I, I certainly believe that if you're able to get um, exposure or attention on your brand, then um, people have the ability to, um, I guess, search the the truth behind your brand and and your business and um, your offering. Um, you know that accessibility is now available to everybody that wants to look. Um, you know, so I, I kind of believe that is a, a huge um, advantage because I guess the the money that's um, or the links that people would have gone to to have gained that exposure or notoriety um, is not so much the same. Where I would say that these media outlets and editorials, because of the culture around eating and dining, um, they still very much need to, uh, you know, report or editorialize. Um, you know, new openings and, and what's going on in, in the dining scene to appear like they still have their uh, finger on the pulse. Um, and obviously for them to gain advertising dollars, then they need to um, look like they are in sequence or, um, yeah, in sequence with the, with the culture that's going on. But I guess from an operator's perspective, um, there's just not that need uh, so much anymore. I would say that from experience when opening a place, um, it definitely helps. Um, but I think now for the ongoing awareness of your offering, it's, it's not so essential. Um, so I guess in the changing environment, there are a few silver linings, but I think on the whole, um, we are in for a very, very challenging time going forward. Thanks for listening to Mind in My Business. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to know more about Goodness Gracious, you can find us at goodnessgracious.co.nz or you can find me at instagram.com forward slash Y-O-U-F-O-U-N-D-G-R-E-G. 
or linkedin.com forward slash you found great. Catch you later.